All right, Streets of Fire, two ducks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what, what, what? It can't be the whole episode. I like oh, this okay. movie. <laughs> I got a few more ducks for you. <laughs> we are just joshing you. But um, see what I did there? I see what you did there. We nice. want to apologize, everyone. Sorry we're so late on uh, this episode. It has been a chaotic month. I've been working really hard on my theater show which is coming out uh <clears throat> next weekend like what's the day takes friday right yeah oh man so i was surprised i opened in a week gina was telling me last night that the show is like what oh yeah like a week away yeah and i was like holy shit like already you guys have been working hard we and have like and it follows pretty closely on the last one too it's like you're not giving yourself a lot of breathing room between the two yeah well it's because we took we took a long time to try to figure out what we were doing because the show we wanted to do was not available because we, oh. we were gonna do um 1984 oh that's and there was a great damn. great version of it but they, oh, well, they yeah. only they only give it to um professional oh, I see. I theaters see. and yeah. we, we don't pay our actors so we're not considered a professional uh, theater but this I night see. of comedies is going to be good cool but uh it's next week so next week all right, i gotta i gotta get a day off well we have a sunday matinee uh, oh, oh really 3 30 but usually we're hey, i will Fuck, I still work it for it. Yeah. I'll get a day off. I'll get one of the days off. I'll swap with someone. We'll make that happen. Cool, cool. Uh, so let's start the show. Welcome back to Duck and the Usher. I am, jo- I, I, I am Fish. He is Josh. <laughs> the Duck Boys. The Quack Pack. The we Quack are, Pack. We are just one little Quack Pack. <laughs> yeah. Just take uh, a bite of our Quack Pack. <laughs> Don la maison. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks again to everybody for tuning in to our wonderful little show or... We discuss these uh, movie films. I was filming a movie. Nah, I'm sorry, that's all I got. I, wa- I wanted to do an Arnold impression. All right, I'm, I'm awake. I'm yeah, awake. You're awake. Yeah. I've got my coffee here. Right. We um, we've been watching anything. We'll jump into that real fast. I was gonna say yeah. Um, it's been a good long gap for us. So I think I what did I watch? I watched. Um, I must have watched Terminator Two at least three times. Uh, since it dropped on Netflix, I'm like, ah, oh, this movie's T2's so... T2's on Netflix? Yeah, dude. Oh, damn. Yeah. I've been rewatching Daredevil, so that's been kind of sucking up most of my time. Yeah. Rick and Morty, catching up on that. Finishing Loki. You know. Loki was good. Yeah, I, watched, I finished Loki. Um, um, I think I watched The Tomorrow War. Was that yeah, how was that? It with, was okay. Pratt? It's mostly silly, but it was fine. It's the kind of movie you'd watch... It's on Prime, The day right? after, you know, you're violently hungover, and you got, you know... you. Maybe smoke a bowl and order some food, and you're sitting in bed the rest of the, or, or in your couch. It's just a for the rest of the day. Mindless. A, your mind doesn't need to work to watch it. No, it's okay. got a cool premise, but it's also just like they just play fast and loose with like time travel and shit like that. And a lot of movies do, and I'm kind of over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also kind of like what um, Loki is, but they do it kind of well. At least I don't know. Um, I rewatched Star Trek 09. That one's really good. That series, unfortunately, like kind of fell off for me. Star Trek Into Darkness was cool. But, yeah, it wasn't the last one, like, in 13. It's been a long while since. For which one? Star Trek Star Trek? Yeah, the J.J. Abrams one. I don't think it was 13. I thought it was, like, 15 or something. The last one? Oh, yeah. No, it might have been, like, 14. Maybe, yeah. I can't believe 2014 was seven years ago. (laughs) That came up on my uh, fucking timeline. On one of my social medias, like fucking time hop. Here's a memory from seven years ago, and I was like, "Fucking 2014 was seven years ago. What the hell?" Terminator is in its 30th anniversary. 1991 was 30 years ago. That means the next year, I will have entered school 
kindergarten 30 years ago. Kindergarten. Kinder. Kindergarten. The kinder. Yeah, kindergarten cat. Don't mess with the kinder. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's a couple other, other uh, things I want to say that I forgot to write at the top. Thanks to everybody. Um, all of our patrons and supporters of the show, um, including... These people here. <laughs> uh, D-Rock, Krisky, Shea Money, Void Pronto. Uh, he's got a message for us at the end. Uh, Cinemantha, Patty, Samwise, Stripes, and Timbo. And, of course, our producer, Mr. AJ Simmons. Thank you all for your continued support. Uh, as Josh said, we're sorry for the sort of little hiatus that we had there between shows. Well, um, don't don't worry, folks, because we're going to be releasing another one Tuesday yeah. very quickly. Very uh, quickly. Fun movie, we'll tell you at the end. So our movie today is Streets of Fire. This movie came out in 1984. Uh, it got a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 69% <clears throat> on Rotten Tomatoes. See. Um, some movies that came out in 1984. Just going to go ahead and say it. Dune came out in 1984. Uh, yeah, because uh, I already knew you were going to look. <laughs> Uh, Once Upon a Time in America, love that movie. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think I like that soundtrack more than anything. Romancing the Stone. Sergio Leone, yeah. Uh, the NeverEnding Story, which okay. did you see my new NeverEnding Story poster I got? I did not. It's hanging up in the, my the living, living room. room? Yeah, okay. it's the, uh, the ivory tower. Okay. There. Gremlins, The Natural, Splash. Splash. The Last Starfighter. Oh, yeah. You know, 16 Candles. Oh, yeah. We also did a movie from 1984. Which was? The Ewok Adventure. Oh, fuck. Fun. I don't know if it was fun, but yes. You couldn't detect the sarcasm there? <laughs> Police Academy, Revenge of the Nerds, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and Terminator. Oh, yeah. OG Terminator. I feel like 84, I know. We said, Temple of Doom. It was a great, kid. great year. Great year across for movies. The year, across the board for movies, yeah. Well, this movie is an hour and 34 minutes. Yes. And not very long. Judging by your, um, My intro your, your there. cold open there. <laughs> Not a fan. I uh, I just I'll kind of explain once we kind of walk through. I've got about I think I have six clips. Okay, which the clips for this were hard to kind of get. One because there's a crap ton of music that plays in this. Yeah, and I, I really, as much as I know that I can play some music, I try to avoid playing the music. Play like a like a few seconds. A few of seconds songs, right? of it. So and also it's just with people talking and the music playing, it's just kind of hard. Yeah, without like the visual to understand what the hell's going on. I gotta admit, I like the soundtrack a lot. I woke up this morning with that opening song stuck in my head. We're going nowhere fast or whatever, uh, and that's not Diane Lane um, singing. Oh no, not at all. Uh, she's super young in this. She's eighteen in this. And now I think she's like fifty-seven. Still looking good. Yeah, she's still a fox, but yeah, she was a total bombshell in this movie, and um, it's a really sort of. Do I want to call it anachronistic? Because I'm not even sure what year it's supposed to be. Because it just says another time, another place. But you can tell that they're really it's, like it's if 50s. Ni- it's if 1950 and the 1980s timeline like smooshed together yeah. and created this alternate <clears throat> motorcycle gang greaser yeah. diners, but set in like what like Chicago? Ni- Is it Chicago? I think it's supposed to be Chicago. Yeah, because it's. Yeah, it's not really New York. It looks more like a Chicago because <clears throat> you got like the L like kind of train. I didn't really yeah. see subways or anything like that. Um, I have this. Uh, I'm going to be drawing a lot of my uh, information today from the Wikipedia articles. From the old wiki? Yeah, I didn't uh, do a big deep dive on this like I do normally. Um, so I'm just going to like kind of read through some of this. 
stuff here. Um, so as Josh pointed out, Streets of Fire is a 1984 American neo-noir rock musical. It's considered a musical, believe it or not. Um, directed by Walter Hill and co-written by Hill and Larry Gross. The film is described in its opening credits and posters as a rock and roll fable. Uh, and is a mix of various movie genres with elements of retro 1950s woven into the then current 1980s themes. There's a lot of new wave music and rock and roll in this. Like new wave meets rock and roll, kind of. Uh, the film only grossed about $8 million in North America uh, against a production budget of fourteen point five. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, Joel, yeah, bomb, fucking bomb. Yeah, Lawrence uh, Gordon and Joel Silver were the um, producers on this, and they were sort of like mega producer dudes. They brought, they put out a lot of the action movies to the 80s, like 48 Hours, yeah, uh, Die Joel Hard. Silver sounds really familiar. Yeah, Joel Silver, yeah, he's big, big-time uh, producer. I think he eventually like brought us the matrix as well that's why i first learned his name <clears throat> was like interviews with him uh for the matrix uh walter hill directed this and walter hill also did uh some other movies here that i can bring up oh, the warriors namely right off the top of my head and this one actually kind of felt like the warriors um in a way like there's there's these rival gangs well i guess we only get one gang or it was two gangs mentioned there was the bombers and the uh, wh- whoever the other gang was that um, I thought it was just the bombers. Is what they there was like a second gang that rolled in when uh, when Cody like got back into town and he roughed him up in the diner and threw him through oh, the windows. Oh yeah, they're wearing like a jacket. They're wearing like the, kind of their colors. I can't remember what it was. The yeah. aces or something like that. I don't remember quite so well. But um, Walter Hill also was a producer on a, on a great many things like um, Aliens, uh, Alien Three. Uh, he was a writer for a 48 Hours. I think he directed that one as well. Um, but, there, yeah, he had a certain style. Uh, he actually kind of looks like a... He looks like an alcoholic Mike Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got... I, right away, like, this one made me feel um, like the Warriors, almost to the point where it could be like a spiritual sequel or even a prequel. To that same world where, like, okay, you see gangs kind of running the streets in this movie, and even even the cops are, like, okay with some vigilantism, like, even from our lead. You know, like, there's a you know, point at the end where they're all, like, even the townspeople show up with a bunch of rifles and shit, like, with the cops. The cops are like, it's cool. We could use the help. So what I like about this movie is there's there's some really famous people in it. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know if it launched careers for people, but it just... It certainly did for Diane Lane. Definitely did for Diane Lane, but there's just a crap ton of people well, in it. Bill, yeah, Bill Paxton. Bill uh, Paxton, Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis uh, yeah. well, um, uh, Amy uh, Madigan. Uh, what's his name? E.G. Uh, the lady, E.G. Bailey. E.G. E.G. Daly? E.G. Daly. She's in it. Where? She's the she's the girl that's like, oh my God, you're blah, blah, blah. I love you so much. What? Her little fangirl? Yeah. That's Yo, me. that's Tommy Pickles? Yes. <laughs> Hold on. I was like, I thought you would have got that. Um, Ed, Ed Bigley Jr., Begley, isn't it? Um, you would recognize him from a lot of stuff. Oh, my Kelsey Williamson. Oh, he was in the Sorrels. Cool. Uh, Bubba from um, Forrest Gump. Not him? Uh, yeah. Uh, he uh, His cousin was my history teacher. What? Really? Yeah. That's fucking cool. He never came to the school or anything. We kept trying to get him to come. But yeah, his cousin was our history teacher realize. in high school. Damn, Robert Townsend was in the Sorrels too. I didn't recognize any of these guys then. Who who is the cop? He looks familiar. Was he was he in like 
Which one are you talking, are you talking about? Was he in Breaking? <laughs> the Officer Cooley? No, the the chief. Um, oh, I thought that was Robert Townsend. No, Robert Townsend oh, Richard Lawson? was in the Sorrels. Is that who that is? Okay, Richard Lawson. Okay. Yeah, Officer Ed Price. Yeah, what? I feel like I, I can't. But while you're looking at Poltergeist. Up, Poltergeist. That's uh, why I know him. Holy shit. I'm, I'm, just, I'm discovering this in real time, folks. <laughs> so real time. The movie opens up, and we have this the, the rock and roll fable for another time, another place. And you instantly you have Diane Lane, uh, and she's singing her song. Like, you know, it's yeah. like in this movie theater. Everyone's oh. really excited to go see it. And then you see, like, Rick Moranis kind of being a tough guy wise guy this kinda. is the only time i've ever seen rick moranis like be cool or like have Try an edge to, be, to them without being too much of a nerd i mean he's still a nerd he's wearing he's wearing like suspenders and a bow tie and yeah. he's supposed to be like hey man you but know we're like doing this being tough and shit and the bombers show up these biker gang william defoe and a couple other people there that lee guy what's yeah, his name leaving leaving he's been in a bunch of stuff too and they come in, they recognize him. They snag Diane Lane, um, or Ellen Aim. Diane Ellen Lane, Aim, Ellen yeah. Aim. That song, dude, I don't know. The way this movie opened, I was like, I am here for this. I, it, I don't understand why you didn't like that. I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm telling okay, you okay. why. Right? All right. So, yeah, they kidnap that, and then there's a lot of credits. Credits start rolling. There are quite a few. Yeah, and it's just kind of... Keeps going, keeps going. They enter the theater. Willem Dafoe um, grabs the singer, beats up the band, kidnaps her. It's just utter fucking chaos. Yeah. And then and then you see like this typewriter that's like, Dear Tom, come home. I need you. Yeah. Reva. A telegraph. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the opening credits. Reva Cody, that's Deborah Van Valkenberg. She was uh, also in The Warriors. And I believe she reprises this role, the same character, in there's a sequel to this movie called Road to Hell. Which came out in two thousand eight, <laughs> with Michael Pare as well. And then during the opening credits, like Tom shows up, yeah, Tom Cody. So we're gonna call him Cody because even <sighs> even in the clips they refer to him just as Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he shows up, goes to the diner to see his sister, and these greasers, different gang, yeah, are like bothering the diner, you know, his sister, and he just slaps the shit out of him. Yeah, you know, yeah, he just yeah he just slaps him the fuck around. He doesn't even, like and punch him. He just like take his car. No, he takes, or he shows up. With he the shows up with a stolen oh, okay. car. All right. Yeah, because because he he comes out and he's like shows uh, Reva the new stolen car and and then this is where we kind of figure out the plot of why she messaged Tom to begin yeah. with. And I have a little clip of this. This is Reva and Cody kind of talking about what happened to Ellen. Okay. Okay. And I believe um, it also jumps into the bar scene. Okay. Where we meet uh, another famous person. Yes. So here it is. Sure, I'm not going to be cramping your style with any guy tonight, huh? Nah, not tonight. I bring one in now and then, but there's nothing steady. I never seem to find the right one. Yeah, I ain't have much luck in that department myself. Look, Tom, you were always real close with Ellen. She wasn't like all those tramps used to run around with. Oh, believe it. It didn't work out, okay? Well, somebody figured out how to make it work with her. She's been living with a guy named Billy Fish. Who's that? He's done some rock joints in the battery. Started managing her act. Yeah. She was always interested in going somewhere. Tom! She's not just your old girlfriend. Oh, Reva, what do you want from me, huh? I know what I want. You want me to go rescue an old girlfriend who's shacked up with another guy? Thanks a lot.
Hey, Tom. Tom Cody. It's been a long time, pal. How's your hammer hanging? How's it going, Clyde? Well, not so hot. I got beat up trying to save your old girl. I could use a little help with those guys. You should have been there, Tom. It'd been like the old days when we were in school. We'd have kicked ass. Hey, bartender. You're gonna shoot the shit all night or you wanna give me another drink? Hey, Tom, would you get a load of this little honey? She thinks she owns the place. I'm just trying to get myself a drink, pal. Well, maybe you've already had enough, babe. You gotta be kidding me. Do I look like I'm kidding? You know, maybe you ought to pay up as well. You've been driving up a cab here all night. We're not real big on credit. Are you trying to say that I can't pay? Yeah, let's see the color of your money. There, happy? Yeah, but now I don't like your face. You know, everywhere I go, there's always an asshole. Hey, you got any preferences? I've always been a tequila man. Let's get out of here. My name's McCoy. I'm a soldier. At least I was up until about a year ago. Ran out of wars. Yeah? What's your spec? Motor pool. Nothing fancy. But if it's got wheels, I can drive it and I can fix it. That's funny. I just got out a couple months ago. Been R&R &R ever since. Yeah, how'd you like the army? I like shooting the guns. I didn't win no medal. <laughs> hey! Is that your car? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I know. I just picked it up. Hey, Cody. It's your name, right, Cody? Yeah. You got a spare bed? You want a quick tumble, huh? <laughs> uh, you may have a rough time with this one, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but... Uh... Not my yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is where I was just like, wow, the the acting is just overly <clears throat> hammed. Yeah, it's, especially when I play the next clip later and we meet like the way Rick Moranis speaks. Yeah, and I love Rick Moranis. He's a phenomenal actor. I think these guys like there was even like a somebody quoted later one of the filmmakers saying, "All right, uh, I guess they were watching." some of the early cuts and they're like the producers or someone looked over and said to another and said this is really bad and they're like yeah and they're like okay so you you know it's bad but this is like this is a really shitty script and he's like yeah it is but like it's really about the visuals so they were like, they fully uh, were aware fully uh, the visuals i mean i guess there was a it's couple visually it's really cool. visually okay but it's, great. it's not like bright and like no it's, it's like a comic book movie without being a comic book movie in a way, I think because it's, it's got that. The poster looks really good. The poster's rad. <laughs> so uh, it was intended to be uh, the first part of a trilogy, an action trilogy with Michael Parry as, as Tom Cody, but its failure at the box office put an end to that. And right there, you're listening to uh, to uh, Amy, Amy Madigan. Amy Madigan. From, she was like, in Field, Field of, Dreams. of Dreams. That's probably the most and, thing uh, that people would remember her as the wife in Field of Dreams. And Uncle Buck. She yep. was Buck's girlfriend. I have her thing up here. Um, she read for the film when she originally was reading for um, the part of the lead character's sister for Reva. Mm. Um, Madigan told Walter Hill that the best part in the script was the lead character's sidekick, which was originally a man called Mendez. Uh, and then the part was rewritten um, for Madigan and was renamed McCoy. So that's why she's kind of like tomboyish and isn't really like, you know. Yeah, you, you, making advances at him because he's like, you just want a quick tumble, huh? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, well, you're not my type. But there's, there yeah. is this like that that little bit of sexual tension between them. Uh, I guess I didn't read that. I don't know. There's like she gives him a couple of looks here and there. 
I suppose I I don't know. Maybe we were supposed to just just interpret that as being like the camaraderie they have as both being ex soldiers or something. I suppose I don't know. You should got to do something about that hair. Oh yeah, it's a horrible haircut. And then <laughs> and then Bill Paxton's character has got you know yeah it's got like a tooth that's like all kind of blacked out. And yeah, and it was also like the the the, the whole. I felt the same way you did when I, when that scene opened up because you really get to see more of the, the play between the characters and the, the lines don't make a whole lot of sense. Like, who talks like that, for one? And two, how are you going to... If you're friends with the bartender, Clyde, and you, you know him, and you're also the patron at a bar, and you fucking punch your bartender and hop over the bar and grab a bottle of tequila, give it to the other guy who is his friend, he takes it, He's like, oh, he doesn't thanks. pay. I don't know if he paid or not. Yeah, whatever. Thanks and for he sees him again. Out. He's like, maybe that one blonde lady will start a fight with me again. I, I feel like nobody. What? I feel like uh, the Cody voice is almost Sylvester Stallone esque. You know, and every time I'm kind of hearing it, like, oh, no, he, I was in the military. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like shooting the little R and R. I don't think anybody in this movie was like over thirty. Probably not. <clears throat> uh, um, yeah, so he, uh, Tom ends up taking McCoy back to Reva's house. Right, uh, gives her the couch, and even Reva's like, "Well, you're not first time you're like, yeah. not bringing someone into your room." <laughs> and then Tom has like this really kind of sexual dream about Amy. Uh, what's Wait, it? no, he does about Ellen. Yeah, I remember he's like thinking in his he head, Amy. Uh, Ellen. Yeah, so he's like thinking of Ellen in his head, and oh yeah. Ellen you know, Aim, that's Ellen where you got it from. Yeah. You were thinking of Amy. Diane Lane, right? <laughs> okay, sure. of the singer. Sure. Yeah, and then he's like, he gets up in the morning, all right, I'll fucking save her. Yeah, you know? I'll go do it. I'll, I'll go to meet this, who's this fucking Billy Fish? Fish. Fan? Yeah. Shares a name with me. The Fish. And uh, I'm going to, this is the meeting between Cody and Fish. Cool. What the hell's that? No, that's wrong. You must be Billy Fish. Yeah. So what gives? And make it fast. My time is valuable. You want Ellen Aim back? I'm gonna get her. You in what army? And see, you two are gonna get along just fine. I want ten grand. Easy. All you gotta do is earn it. I'll earn it. And you're gonna help. Reva told me you used to live in the Battery. I started out there. It's the shits. I wouldn't go back to that dump if you paid me. You're going. I need somebody who knows their way around. I don't think so. It's not my scene. You want your meal ticket back, get in the car, or otherwise the deal is off. Look, Cody, you sound pretty dumb, but nobody's that dumb. I'm the one paying you. That means you go get her, I wait here, and you bring her back to me. You smart guys. You always figure you can hire a bum like me to do your dirty work. Well, not this time. Can you really get her back? You got a better volunteer? All right, I'll go. She's real important to me. You know, the battery's gonna be nothing but trouble. Yeah? Well, I'm getting paid for it. Right, Fish? That's right, Cody. Cut me in, I'll back you up. I don't think so. Hey, what's your problem? We're not taking no skirt along. Look, I don't think you can handle it, okay? What do I gotta do? You know, people don't exactly have written references for this kind of work. You should know that, Cody. I need the job. I'm plenty good enough, and I ain't gonna let you down. Listen, Skirt, let me make it simple for you. Take a hike. 
All right, I'll cut you in for 10%, but get this. You're working for me. I tell you to do something, you do it. You don't do more, you don't do less. And if you start dragging your ass, I'm sending you home. Got it. Hey, what is this? Get serious. I'm not paying you any extra to take some sweetie pie along for company. You drive. They're gonna take some skirt. I'm gonna take some. All right, I, so this feels. I forgot before before yeah. he shows up to meet the the fish. Uh, he uh, yeah. he stops to like get a bunch of fucking weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a little little montage of him driving around the town. Yeah, I like it, man. There's something. There's some charm to this movie. And the police know who Tom Cody is because yeah. earlier in the movie he's like driving erratically and gets pulled over, and the yeah. cops are like, he oh, talks Cody. shit to the cops. Yeah, he's like. Go, go. <laughs> Pretty much go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he just fucking peels away, and like the cops are like powerless. Yeah, busting that guy time. back in the day. Yeah. So according to Walter Hill, the film's origins uh, came out of a desire to make what he thought was a perfect film when he was a teenager. And um, I could see a teenager coming up with this concept. Yeah, and and put in all the things that he thought were great then, and which I still have a great affection for. Uh, and this movie contains all of those things: custom cars, uh, kissing in the rain, neon trains in the night, high speed pursuits, rumbles, rock stars, motorcycles, jokes in tough situations, leather jackets, and questions of honor, and a lot of explosions. <laughs> Everything explodes in this literally movie. fire uh, in the streets, um, which is, uh, which is kind of funny. Streets of Fire. The title comes from a Springsteen song, "Streets of Fire from Darkness to the Edge of Town." I want to say from the seventies. And uh, that song was originally going to feature in the movie, only it was going to be replaced with uh, the um, vocals from a female singer mm. that the Diane Lane character would be um, uh, pictured as singing. Well, I don't know. I just fucking my, I'm guessing, my words. Just, uh, I'm like, guessing Springsteen was like, nope. Yeah, he was like, nah, because his vocals would be replaced. So he was like, no, nah, you're not going to do that. So they replaced they replaced the song, but kept the title as the name of the movie. <clears throat> And it's funny, in that scene we were just listening to about Rick Moranis, uh, and or when she said that you two are going to get along just fine. Well, according to this, uh, Michael Paré and uh, Rick Moranis didn't really get along that well. I guess Paré had issues with Moranis because of the way he spoke to him. Like, Moranis is a comedian, and like this wave of insult comedy was like that he was a part of. Didn't sit well with Michael Paré. He says, in the real world, if someone insults you a couple times, you smack him around. <laughs> He's like, or, or you punch him. You can't do that on a movie set. And these comedians walk around, and they can say whatever they want. It's not just uh, it's just not that handy with that. Comedians are a special breed. They can antagonize you and say whatever they want, and they can do anything. And you can't do anything to stop them. And he said that there's this weird little guy. Oh, he was saying of Moranis. Here's this weird-looking little guy. We couldn't get laid in a whorehouse with a fistful of fifties, and he would he would imitate me. <laughs> the thing he says to me is, uh, the first thing he said to me was like, "Do you act? Do you just act cool, or are you really cool?" And that was the first sentence out of his mouth to me in Joel <laughs> Silver's office from Rick Moranis. That's great. Yeah, and I wonder who had the more successful career. Hmm. He actually <laughs> says, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna go well." Um, but he was one of uh, Joel's like friends, Joel Silver's friends, Moranis was, and so he ended up making a bunch of movies for Disney, and I just wasn't that sharp. I wasn't ready for that kind of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing this quote comes from like years later. Oh, yeah, probably when they're talking yeah. about the film, like a 20-year anniversary or something. Yeah. Uh, so they pretty much go into the battery, right? Is that the what they battery, call? yeah. Because yeah. where like they're the, from is called the Richmond 
and the other town crossing the train tracks the other side of the tracks yeah, you know? it's like tracks, a bad area, a bad area yeah. it's where the bombers live and they're 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 kind of sneaking into they're gonna go Torchies. get and I, i'm kind of pissed off i didn't grab the clip where defoe is like creepily talking to, talking to yeah. to ellen you know what's funny this this came out a few years before batman 89 and I, I wonder if he was in like in a short list to play Joker then. I think everybody's because, wanted him to play Joker. Yeah, he still can. His face, the way he looks at, at his in age this, here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got still, such a big smile. He really right? could still, but he has got that angular quality to his face that he, he gives me Joker vibes in this without really like sounding like him. He looks like him. He looks like him. Yeah, and he and I don't know what those like. The fucking wa- yeah, he's wearing like these like, like waiters. Yeah, they're like waiters, they're like, like leather waiters or something. I don't yeah. fucking know. <laughs> but uh, we we see where their their bar is, their their hangout, their hideout, and you know, there's like a guy singing, they're drinking. There's I love a, this part. Yeah, well, I, I bet you do. Uh, it's yeah. good, good music and stripper, singular, singular. Stripper. Yeah, and she, oh boy, was she a dish. She's yeah, she's working uh, it. The bar dancer um, at Torchy's, her name is uh, Marine Jahan. She was Jennifer Beals' dance double in Flashdance the year before. I could see that. Oh, boy. That's a great one. I wonder what she looks I like I like now. Flashdance. Sheesh. Uh, oh, so they're climbing up. They're, they're going to sneak the in. The band was cool, too. The, yeah, the band was cool. <laughs> the guy looked really familiar. That one bastard! I don't even know. Uh, he looked like he was drugged out of his mind. Uh, most of the songs were on this were written by Jim Steinman. Um, oh, that's... Uh, isn't that the meat, Meatloaf guy? That's John Steinem. Oh, Steinem. I believe. I thought that was that. I believe. Hang on. Well, while you're looking that up, I'll play a quick clip. Okay. So they're going up to like the rooftop to kind of sneak into, you know, the hideout. And we meet another kind of famous actor named Ed Begley Jr. He plays a character called Ben Gunn. And I only play this just because I like the actor. Uh, you would know him from like Saint Elsewhere, uh, the Page Master. He, I think he was the dad in the Page Master. Uh, he was in Transylvania um, six thousand, five thousand, whatever the hell that was with um, Best in Show. Anyway, I, you'll I, recognize his voice when you hear I, it. Um, What's up? I apologize. Yes, it, it appears though he was the meatloaf. Right? I was right. You were Huzzah. right. Why did I think John? Karaoke. John Steinem a writer? Maybe. Karaoke host for the win, right? <laughs> We need that. We need that sound effect whenever booyah. you get yeah, that kapuya, kapuya. <laughs> we gotta get that shit. So this is where we meet Ed uh, Ed Bigley Jr. and he kind of gives them a little information. What the hell's that? Guess you don't know who I am, do you? Things have gotten kind of funny around here. All kinds of strangers coming around, sneaking through the alleys. Now we talking to this creep for? Let's get out of here. Oh my gosh, you're scared. It's even funnier, you're afraid of me. Just trying to get away from you. We got some business here. Oh, you're dumb. And you're short. Real short. <laughs> After that girl, aren't you? What makes you say that? Come down a back alley, 10 o'clock at night, carrying a bunch of guns. I don't think you're here to give the battery a new coat of paint. Where are they keeping her? Torching, second floor. Don't tell them I told you, though. <laughs> Pay them. Yeah, pay me. I'm not gonna pay this jerk. Listen, shithead, you give him some of your money, or I'll give him some of your money. Don't call me shithead. Yeah, you gotta keep moving forward. That's the whole point of things, ain't it? Thank you now, I appreciate it. Go buy some soap. Paying this guy to tell me she's a torch. I said they had her a torch. 
I am a shithead. It's just this one-off character, and he just kind of comes in and yeah. extorts them for money. And, and yeah. then he's like, And like, the right. heroes are cool with it, instead of just like blasting the motherfucker. He's like, oh, thanks, but <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's like, why did you make that decision? <clears throat> um, to to uh, jump back for a second yeah. off the Jim Steinman. Um, sadly, uh, he just died. I must report that he died on April 19th of this year. I know. You do, you do know that? Yes. One of my one of my friends, she sings and she's obsessed with meatloaf. And when he oh. died, I was like, I knew she was just going to be because she always wanted to beat him. Because yeah. she's like, I I want him to write me songs because and she sings really well. Oh, yeah. All right. but yeah, well, he did. He's also known as Richard Wagner of rock and the father of the power ballad. <laughs> and you can really hear that that uh, I could hear meatloaf singing the songs that are in this movie. Did he ever sing any of the songs? I don't know, but there was one song that was very popular. That in that year, I think if Meatloaf sang the songs, the movie would be like three hours long. Uh, what do you mean? Because <laughs> every song that Meatloaf does is like oh, eight minutes. Uh, fuck it. Yeah, that's right. But um, what's that song at the end? Uh, it's like I can dream about. Yeah, I can dream you. about you. That's not Meatloaf. That's uh, <clears throat> no. Of course, it's not Meatloaf. Yeah, I forget the actual guy who did that one. But it became a hit too uh, in in radio. Dan Hartman. Yeah, is the that guy year that. without anyone really realizing that it was from this movie. Yeah, uh, no well. more time uh, in each <laughs> falls from my <laughs> I, I know that song only because it comes on uh, at work on the on the music playlist at um, at Krabby Bills. It's just fucking that song came on, and when I you know when that part came on in the movie, I was like, I fucking know that song. <laughs> was that song in um, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Was that on the radio? It may Which, have been. I think it was one of the songs that was on the radio because I know they had like. They had like some 80s So many of those songs play. just get burdened my like subconscious because I'd be playing, <laughs> playing video games for hours. And like a lot of songs, I, I guess it's true that I did learn a lot of songs from video games. And not just like the, the musical rhythm games either. Like I used, I learned a lot of bands from playing like Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that meme where it's like, oh, oh, which Tony Hawk did you play? The original? You're dying. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're old. We are old. Um, so there's oh, a... Fuck. They pretty much they go into the the well McCoy goes into the uh, the bar and picks yeah. up a guy like one of the bombers because she wants to go try to find you know yeah Ellen she wants to go find uh, Defoe's character that dude was just ready to go what's Defoe's like, character again uh, Raven Shattuck yeah Shattuck I'm just gonna call him Defoe sure it's just easier go he's for it fucking William Defoe and so she goes in they go into a room and she's like oh yeah let's do it baby and she knocks the guy out. Mm-hmm. She goes in. They're playing poker. It's about to fucking shoot up Defoe, you know. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing here with this weird accent? And then Tom begins to start shooting the, from like up high, start <coughs> shooting the motorcycles. Yeah. And they explode. I yeah. mean, explode. Like nobody one, dies. No one dies. Just <laughs> explosions. I wonder That's if I wrote down. If, explosions. Yeah. I wonder if this was supposed to be a moment where the audience is supposed to like look at this guy and realize okay yeah he's tough and he can get shit done but he's 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 coming just shy of killing anyone by just maiming them by shooting them at the gas tanks and exploding them yeah there's there's no backstory to cody he's just in the military there's, there, yeah there's some but not there's a lot some, not much but he's good at what he does i'm good at what i do <laughs> So they begin to shoot. Uh, Tom ends up saving Ellen. 
uh, they they get everyone back to the car, and they tell him like, "Meet me at the bridge in forty third or whatever," yeah, yeah. and he stays behind. Why? Because he wants to. Yeah, and he starts shooting I mean, things up. Yeah, he was like, he's just running interference or something. Yeah, I, have, I don't know. I have a little clip of them kind of the the group driving away, and then Tom's he's like, "We got to get rid of this car." Yeah, and then Cody speaking to Defoe. So okay. There's the explosions. McCoy, can't you drive this car any faster? I don't want any bombers sneaking up on us. Let's get our asses out of here real quick. And where's this Grand Street anyway? I never heard of it before. You sure you know where you're going? Turn it off, fish. You sound pathetic. Well, looks like I finally ran into someone that likes to play as rough as I do. Yeah, this must be a lucky night. I'm lucky. I guess maybe I am. And you're dumb. Real dumb if you think you can pull this off. I think you're forgetting something. I got the gun. I can get guns, smart guy, lots of them. Now, why don't you tell me your name? Tom Cody. Pleased to meet you. I'll be coming for her. And I'll be coming for you, too. Sure you will. And I'll be waiting. Streets of fire! <laughs> <laughs> it's just classic cowboy shit. Just a weird choice for the accent with Defoe. I think it just makes him look even creepier when he starts to speak. Yeah, I don't really know what anyone was going for. <laughs> I feel like the director there were, there was were, there were like, a lot of choices. I don't know if they were the right there choices. Were some choices but made. There were choices. Yes, there's a lot of dedication. I don't know how many takes <laughs> they did, but uh, I, I like okay for all the things that you can easily like point out and laugh about this movie. I still think there's some heart and there's some charm to it. And I don't know. I, I like it for, for that reason. <laughs> Cody ends up meeting up with them and then him and Ellen kind of talk and there's just I didn't even I didn't even fucking record that. Yeah, there was they, they like get on the train and she's like, Oh, I'm upset because you took money to rescue me. Yeah. And, and, like, and all right, well and he just kinda of is like, Fuck you bitch and And she goes and sits down with Fish and then he yeah. Then there's like a music video that happens. Oh yeah, right after where yeah. he, where he's 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 like isn't he like sitting and drinking and reminiscing and she's singing this fucking like, yeah like in his like, like love song yeah and then this and, is, um, th- well they yeah. they get off because now like the police are all over the battery they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on yeah and they end up like getting on a bus because the bus almost hits them and then they get on and it's like almost like the Temptations kind of people yeah 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 the Sorrels yeah the Sorrels so they get on and. Singing really well. I mean, yeah, they were good. They great job. I don't know if the actors were doing the singing, but I don't know. It was cool. It was good shit. And they get on the bus. You know, they pretty much stick them up. And yeah, they become friends like right away. Like it's it's really funny. Again, well, it's like oh my god, you're Ellen Aim. Yeah, and I'm her producer. Yeah, like and we'll get you a job, or or maybe you can get us a job, or whatever. And then they're forced off of the bus, or they or oh they they get away from the cops, but then they're like we're ditching the bus, and they make those dudes. Get off get of off their the bus own too. bus. Yeah, they're like, you're coming. That's our bus, though. Well, well no. like, fuck you guys. Get off our bus. We're taking well, it no, and going on because, our way. Uh, well, they, they get stopped. Remember, they that's get, what I said. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they get stopped by the cops, and then Rick Moranis is like, I'll handle this. Oh, right. no, I'm the manager, blah, blah, and tries to, like, pay him right. off. And then they, yeah. And, and then, then Cody's like, you know, he holds him at gunpoint, and they end up getting he, away. Or, and he ends up blowing up the yeah, cop yeah. cars with a single shot, as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like he did to the, you know, the kind of shells that 
burn, burn, burn the shred or whatever. What is it from last uh, last Boy Scout? When he oh throws the things in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shred or burn or something like that. Um, <sighs> yeah, and then when they're walking down the street, that's when we meet uh, E.G. Daly. And she's like, oh my God, you're Ellen Aim. I'm your, fa- I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. And she's is just that E.G. Daly? E.G. Daly, yeah. And she's just in it for like two seconds. <clears throat> and pretty much just follows her around now. Like like she's an adopted little puppy. Yeah. Um, there's a quote from her here that I'm reading that says uh, that it was a very frustrating thing for me, this movie, um, being not able to sing in the movie. Who is this? Uh, Elizabeth Daly. Oh, okay. Because Diane Lane was singing, and I remember thinking, ah, I was. It was so frustrating for me. It was painful because I wanted to be on that stage singing with those guys. But back then, I was always played. I always played these quirky characters. I didn't get any of the fancy leads. I got some of the uh, the best friend of or best friend of the leads uh, characters, or like um, hookers with a heart of gold, weirdos. <laughs> I liked my roles. I just wanted to be singing too. Uh, she I, didn't know, to sing. I didn't know she sang. I didn't know either. Speaking of people you didn't know saying, um, I challenge you one day to just go 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 randomly look up like all of these like pet projects from certain actors. That, yeah, like that Kevin Bacon, and Bruce Willis, music. stuff like that. Yeah, um, Jeremy Renner's <laughs> is so fucking cringe. Oh, is it? He's it's so cringe. Is it like Don Johnson cringe? No, or? it's like him legitimately like trying, like gent, like like he's sincerely like trying to be this soulful singer oh, and okay. it's just really really like, bad fucking robert downey jr has a musical album too yeah. and i think scarlett johansson well, he's saying too. he's saying smile uh for the chaplin movie oh where did it back that? in the day yeah there are so many out there just well, really really strange like they gotta do actors. something I, like, I mean sure most of them are multi-talented people but like some of the choices they make are strange especially jeremy Renner's. you gotta go look at that so yeah, when they when they ditch the bus, they get they get back on a train. They're just train hopping like all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gang goes back to the police station in town. Right. And I have a little clip of this because uh, they're like, you know, why not go right back to the police station? Yeah, like uh, they didn't even do anything though. They just walked in, and every, the towns were like, yeah, the people were like, "Yay, you're back." They said a few things to the cops, then she leaves with fish, and that's it. And then the cops just like say. Or, or just or just observing it all. Why even go to the police station? What would you have to do? Yeah. Uh, Look, I got her. Yeah, hey, she's back. Maybe it's like, I didn't kidnap her. <laughs> I, uh, maybe, I don't know. Here it is. Hey, what are you bailing these back? And guess what? Tom's with her. Is he okay? Well, he looked all right to me. Chief. Cut it out. We made it. Everybody's in one piece. What about that, Ellen? You okay? Yeah, I'm all right, I guess. No, she's not. She's tired. She's been roughed up. I'm going to take her back to the hotel so she can get some rest. This whole thing started because I had to do a gig in this shithole. I should have stayed the hell away from this dump. Is that the way you feel about it, Ellen? Yeah, I guess I just want to get away from here. Get back on the road. Now you're talking, kiddo. Come on, let's get out of here. I hate you for taking money to come and get me. 
That's the tail of a melon. She doesn't like you much, Cody. She doesn't seem real thankful. Yeah, one thing about you, Cooley, you catch on real quick. Yeah, that's right, buddy, and I get the job done. Good, because I think it's just starting. his head to the sidewalk under that marquee that says LNA on it. And just to prove to you, I'm gonna be a nice guy. I'm coming in with just two of my men. After I take care of Cody, there'll be no more trouble. Do your job, man. Keep the peace. So it's like raining. They're in the diner. Him and McCoy, they're drinking. And uh, he's like, you know what? Fuck this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He goes to uh, goes back to the hotel Mm -hmm. and he's, you know, going to collect his money. Right. And she goes in. Ellen's all like, just get paid. Piece of shit. Yeah. And then, of course, what does he do when he takes 10 grand, takes out a thousand just for McCoy, throws the money down and walks out. And then, of course, Ellen's then just like, oh, wait I a minute. I love you. My vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, fish. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to, like, leave the battery together. And, yeah. and McCoy's with them. They They're just like, go off somewhere and screw. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have sex. But, no, but then they get on the train. And this is, like, to me, the funniest fucking part oh, of the yeah. movie. It might turn down. I don't think so. Did it go down? Uh, I, uh, it's, it's just the there headphones it is. were oh, okay. turned down. Headphones were turned down. All right. So, yeah, they, they get on the train. Yeah, Ellen, Tom, McCoy get on the train. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, where are we going to go? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I can't go anywhere. Uh, I have to go back. And he fucking punches Diane yeah. Lane dead in the face. Like, not, not Locks like a, her the fuck out. Just boom. I did not see that coming. I was like, I don't think I like this movie all that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was gets, like, why'd you have to do that? He hits her hard. Yeah, he does. He just knocks her the fuck out. Talks right back. Like, why? And McCoy's just sitting there like, I'll take care of her. She's not exactly tough. When she got kidnapped, she was put on just like someone's lap on a motorcycle. Didn't fight. She was just screaming. I don't think you have to knock her out to keep to keep her from keeping you from going anywhere, Tom. <laughs> well, they get to the end of the line, and he's like, Oh, I need to go back to whatever. Oh, yeah, he talks to that's Lynn Thigpen. I thought she looked familiar. She was, um, I remember because she was the host of the game show "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego?" That I used to watch on PBS when I was a Damn. kid. Yeah, yeah. So he tries to go back, but he can't. But Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> I used to have the discs, like the the red floppies, or eight. 
Not she was the chief. Well, she was the chief. She was the chief, yeah. He goes back to the town. He's going to fight the bombers. Uh-huh. Defoe and two of his bikers show up. Yeah. But then guess what? It's a trick. What? A whole bunch oh, of fucking no. bikers. Everybody up. shows up and then the whole town shows up with guns. With guns, yeah. The, shit like that. A bunch of bombers show up. There was like I guess they hired actually legitimately like over fifty riders. Um, all from like LA based clubs like Jesse Cobas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Sorry, let me yawn there. Whatever, man. <laughs> that's how much that's the, the two duck in the movie. <laughs> two ducks. I I watched this last night, in fact. I've watched it three times. Yeah, um, I'm really curious I'll, I'll, I'll about give, the I'll, sequel. I'll, I'll give you some more in a minute. Okay. Uh, anyway, Tom and Raven, Defoe, they throw down. They start fighting. They're yep. boxing. They're the beating the shit sledgehammer out of fight was kind of cool. It, Apparently, it, it took them like two weeks a, to. It was to like film a sledgehammer that. slash like mining pick, like a pickaxe. Yeah, it was weird. That's yeah. just a weird thing like to carry around. Peen hammer. Anyway, guess who wins? Oh, Tom. It's Tom. Tom. Yay. Tom. Tim. Tom wins. Uh, the original draft of the script actually had Tom Cody killing Raven with a knife. That would have uh, been better. But this was changed uh, to a fair fight in order to get the PG rating because it, was, it almost got an R rating, too. It was a couple F-bombs. How's your PG rating? You see boobies you in this. You see Homegirl, the dancer's like boobs for like a, like two seconds. She whips them out. But they're they're not... No, she's wearing like a giant like fishnet thing. Rewatch it, man. She pulls it up. She pulls it up, yeah, but she's not exactly like she, she didn't have real big tits. It all right. Oh. They were little little, they were little she's a little bitty like they were dancer little, boobies. She's they were a little like, more loosey. They were they were a little more loosey goosey with Peach. Oh, oh, oh you could see no, like half a nip in eighties movies. Do you know why? Too. Why? Because Red Dawn came out this year and Red Dawn was the first one that they changed the PG thirteen. Red right? Dawn did that? I thought Temple of Doom did that. No, t- was it Red Dawn that did R? No, restricted ratings have always been there. I, th- I thought it was PG thirteen. You could be right. It, it is this year, but it was eighty four when they yeah, decided to do that. Yeah, there's all kinds of like movies back in the day where you could get like like a glimpse of a tit and still get the PG. Back in the good old days, <laughs> <laughs> when you could punch women. <laughs> God, we, we we do not condone that whatsoever. No, absolutely not. That's a fucking terrible. Uh, this movie is terrible. Yeah, um, but it's the, so Tom wins. The, the whole town has guns. They're pointing at the bombers. The bombers drive away. Yeah, and then it cuts straight back to the theater. And Ellen, boom, and it's back, Ellen. Ellen there. You have the 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 the, the what is it? The swoles, the, the swallowers, the sorrels, the sorrels. They're they're performing. Show I can, some respect. They're performing. I can dream about <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, I can dream. Tom, about Tom, and you. Ellen have like this another little. I love you, but. I can't be with you, yeah. but he's yeah. like, she's there as fish. Yeah, you can, you take care of her now, and then he goes out and talks to McCoy, which I have a clip I could play, but it's really not that important. Where they just leave town? Yeah, I don't really need to play. Yeah, they just leave town. It's like no, we're just off into the sunset. Yeah, because she drives up she's like, in classic cowboy form. He yeah. shows up in the town, does the job, gets the girl, and loses leaves. the girl, takes the money or doesn't take doesn't the money. Take the money. And then he just like throws his shit in a knapsack and like scurries out of town. On yeah, McCoy, McCoy, McCoy's like, look at his Merc. Yeah, McCoy's like, look at this car I found. You know, like a little yeah. joke. Apparently, that's a 1951 Mercury. Hang on, they were, they were using some funny language here when talking about it. Some funny language. Yeah, it's something about. Uh, oh, I guess also the Torchies Club uh, also is seen. Or the name, not the the actual club. The name Torchies is used in Forty Eight Hours when a stranger calls and in the driver. Um, 
<clears throat> so here, what do we got? Yeah, westerns. Yeah, westerns, graphic novels, the movies like The Searchers, Mad Max, Escape from New York, The Warriors, Grand Theft Auto, and, and Springsteen's album, Darkness at the Edge of Town, all like were influences for this movie. I'm trying to f- okay, the car that Cody drives in the movie is a 1951 Mercury that was chopped, channeled, nosed, and decked. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, in addition, there were 12 1950 and 1951 model Studebakers used as the police cars. Yeah, the police cars. I knew those were Studes. You can tell by the front of the cars. Is it a Stude? Studes. <laughs> One bad Stude. Uh, yeah, so that was the end of the movie. Do you want to hear what uh, our local critic had to say about it? Let's see what Voipronto. Coming to, to you now, the Voipronto. This was not a great movie, but it was a good movie. Let me tell you why. It wasn't swamped with some left-wing idealism about how the world should be. So it was free to be hilarious and terrible. Um, Willem Dafoe as David Bowie, pretty great, and... You know, the movie should have been titled The Guy with the Right Hook. And then when you found out why, it would have been hilarious. Oh, yeah. And my favorite part. You know what his problem is? He's stupid. He's stupid. He's stupid. Oh, nice organ. Yeah, that's from my show. Somehow they started playing when I was recording. Uh, this movie also was the inspiration for the video games Final Fight and Streets of Rage, both of which I played. Nice. I don't They're like beat-em-ups. Oh, uh, just side-scroller, side beat-em-ups, like Mortal Double Kombat, Dragon. Yeah. No, no, no. Double Dragon. Double Dragon. Mortal Kombat's a platform fighter. Oh, uh, just side. Gotcha. Side-scroller. Oh, the scroller, like, like Contra. Yeah, we just... Yeah. Well, that's a shoot 'em up that's a shoot em up scroller. Then you got beat em ups. Beat em ups, shoot em ups, cut em ups, RPGs, chop em ups, nose em up, channel, channel, nose, nose, <laughs> I want to look those up. Those must be, they have to be like car, like garage terms for people like doing like, you know, renovations. All right, Fish, I'm still going to give this a solid two. Yeah, it's a solid still two. Still doing a solid I'm two. I'm giving it three because I love the musical numbers so much. The music is good. <sighs> I'm still not gonna. I like, like the way they're shot. I like I like the visually the how the movie is because the whole the, the movie could have been 30 minutes longer just to give a little more information. Because the story's it, paper thin, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, <clears throat> there's like no thought to it, dude. It's 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 like that. It's like tissue it's paper. Fucking Shane. Yeah. Ugh. Westerns, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but it's on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I, I mean, I'm glad I saw it because I had never seen the movie before. Let me see if there's anything else interesting I can say about this. How? How? Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to tell people what our next movie is. Okay, go for it. So, our next movie is going to be one of my favorites. It is going to be The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer, baby. Oh, yeah. We're doing you're The Rocketeer. About that. I am because it just celebrated an anniversary. It's also its 30th anniversary, right? Yeah. This year? Yeah, this year. Holy cheat, man. And it's on Disney Plus. If you haven't seen it, um, I'm pretty sure most of you guys have. So that's going to be our next one. And then after that, we're going to do Six String Samurai because um, 
we were waiting on that DVD. Fish finally got the DVD in. So we'll be doing that after Rocketeer. Uh, Six String Samurai? Uh, after the Rocketeer. After yeah. the Rocketeer. Yeah, just because yeah. we have the DVD and we need to push that out. But the Rocketeer will be released this Tuesday. Because that's an easy, yeah, easy we're movie. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna put It'd be fun out, to yeah. just kind of chit-chat about It'll it. It'll be fun. All right. Well. Other than that, guys, thanks got, for man. listening. That's all I got. I love this movie. You can watch it on Netflix right now. Uh, go watch that. And uh, oh, check out Fear Street. Fear Street was pretty cool. Yeah, Fish is talking about Fear Street. I'm going to check that out, too. Do it. All well, right. Thank you, quackheads, quackers, quackpacks, whatever <laughs> you want to come up with. We're going to go get some coffee. Yes. We'll see you guys.